Welcome to Church Alive. We're located in the heart of Rutherford, New Jersey, and we're ready to reach, teach, and empower people to impact their generation for Christ. Thanks for tuning in. Welcome home. upon your word every man every woman i pray within the sound of my voice and even downstairs within kids and so forth lord let the touch of god be upon this house holy spirit i pray you just flow in this moment holy spirit flow through the word of god and may it hit the way it needs to hit in the unique way it must hit people Father, encourage someone, build someone, do what only you can do, which is build your church. I trust you, Lord, for miracles in this service, in unique ways, in families, whatever their function, whatever the struggle they might have today. They came in needing something. God, we don't need a sermon. We need a touch from you. But we do need your word, and we need it to be our daily bread. So, Lord, let daily bread be in this house But God, even as according to your word, and you said to Jeremiah that your word is like a rock or hammer that breaks a rock in pieces. May you break what you need to break. In the name of Jesus, and everyone said, Amen. Amen. We've been doing a series in our church called The Blessed Life. Someone say The Blessed Life. And The Blessed Life is about becoming an instrument in the hand of God. How many kind of just get a little bit scared when I pull out a hammer? Um, it's disturbing, I know. Uh, Tito was parking his car and, 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 and uh, brought this axe to church actually yesterday and people were fleeing in the streets. There was weeping and gnashing of teeth as he was walking on by because I wouldn't trust a guy that looked like him with, a, with an axe. I mean, you know, and... Um, But here's what we've discovered. We've discovered according to the book of Exodus that Moses was asked something. He was asked to lay down his staff, his shepherding. He was a shepherd for 40 years. And I've found over time that just like Moses, Moses, God will ask you something. And he will say, listen, what is in your hand? And if you'll lay down what is in your hand and be willing to walk away from it, be willing to surrender it, what will happen is God will actually ask you later to pick up that same thing. And that same thing that used to be a curse now can become a blessing. How many know that you can either be a fantastic father or you can be a devilish dad? You can be a fantastic father or a devilish dad. You can be a powerful man or you can be a dangerous man. And the same instrument that brings blessing many times is the same instrument that brings devastation into lives and hearts. And I want to say to every man here and every woman here, listen, if we will give God our lives... If we will lay them down, not always easy to do because you say, but what are you going to do with it? But that's my life. 
But every time I've found that if you just lay that thing down where God says, listen, would you give me your time, your talent, your treasure? And even above that, would you give me your heart? And you lay it down. Whatever you lay down, God puts his hand of blessing on. How many know that God wants to bless you? Genesis, actually 1 Corinthians chapter 13 is a... Is a um, Normally, one of those verses you break out in, in, in um, a marriage ceremony and so forth. So it sounds very cute and very nice and so forth. But let's get into this. And man, you're about to learn something. Are you ready to learn something? Like three of you. The others are like, I came for the chicken wraps after service. I'm, I'm just here for that. Or uh, some of you are single and I'm like, who's single here? <laughs> okay, he's here. And uh, <laughs> he's obviously single. Um, my, uh, if you see an overgrown version of myself walking around the house, that's my brother. And uh, he's actually here for about two weeks. Um, he's single, ready to mingle, ladies. And, uh, and if, uh, if, if you're probably over the age of, I don't know, <laughs> all right. <laughs> the age is getting younger by the minute. And uh, someone's like, what about 24? No. All right, it's probably too young. Um, but anyway, if you're not dysfunctional, go talk to him. In Jesus' name. <laughs> and the guy's like, he's from Australia. He's from Australia. He's got blue eyes. Um, <laughs> anyway. How are we doing? Doing okay? First Corinthians 13. That's right. Breaking open the Bible. How many brought your Bible to church? Through your phones, you're cheating. All of you are cheating, aren't you? You little cheaters. All right, I'm a hypocrite. <laughs> Let's just admit it in church right here, right now. Hypocrite. First Corinthians 13. When I was a child, I talked like a child, I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child. When, someone say when. When, when I became a man, watch this now, there's something you have to do to become a man. He says, and I put the ways of childhood behind me. All, that, all the men say that with me. I put, I put. the ways of childhood Behind me. Now, some of the women next to you are like, are you sure? Because there's a couple of things we need to have a conversation about after the service. But let's say that one more time. I put the ways of childhood behind me. Let me give you seven characteristics of children that shouldn't be in men, but many times can be in our lives if we're honest. Um, Number one, center of their own world. They are the center of their own world. Number two, they are insensitive many times, not all the times, but many times to others' feelings. Number three, they demand their own needs are met. Number four, a, a temper tantrum will follow if they are not catered to. Number five, they are unable to reason with. Have you ever talked to a man he's unable to reason with? Don't yell out, I'm married to him. Number six, irresponsible in behavior. And number seven, obeys only concrete authority. 
It is nature to be born a male. It is a choice to be a man. It is nature to be born a male. It is a choice to be a man. If we don't put off childhood, men will actually just be boys that can shave. Um, you're not a man because you can have sex with a woman. You're actually a man because you take responsibility for your life and responsibility for others. Did you know that the first thing God gave Adam was a job? He says, you are made in my image, now get to work. He gave him the garden and it was his area of authority. He was to go and he was to tend it and so forth. And he gave him responsibility. Someone say responsibility. We don't love that word, do we? But it is the reality of manhood. And if you want to be a blessed man, I want to talk to you about five characteristics. And I want to talk to you about the fight for fatherhood and the fight for the heart of man. There is going to be a fight. I hope you know that. But Genesis chapter 1 verse 27 says this. So God created mankind in his own image. Someone say own. Someone say image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female, he created them. Verse 28, and God blessed them. Someone say, I'm blessed. Come on, say, I'm blessed. Now, outside of God, you're not blessed. In God, in Christ, you are blessed. You're not fighting to get blessed. You are blessed if you're in Christ. Galatians, the whole book of Galatians, is about how the blessing of Abraham comes to you through faith. And the first thing that God does in Genesis 12, when he shows up to a man, he says, by the way, you're going to follow me, and I am now going to bless you. Someone say, I'm blessed. blessed. Ephesians 1 verse 3 says, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has, someone say has, who has blessed us. Someone say blessed. That word blessed in the Hebrew, in its fullest context, it means literally that, that um, word when someone says shalom, and it means happy, it means prosperous, it means successful, it means to be envied. And when God blesses you and I, it's a good thing. Amen? If you've watched sports, how many men are sporting people here at least like to watch a couple of TV shows that are sporting? More hands went up. Um. They talk about players getting in the zone. That Stephen Curry was in the zone during the, the, the recent NBA finals and so forth. And he was in the zone so much, right? I don't believe that you need to fight to get in the zone. I believe the devil is fighting for you to get out of the zone. I don't believe that God is fighting for you to get in the zone of blessing. God has blessed you in Christ. Now the, 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 the sense is I've got to stay in the position of blessing. Are you with me? When Adam and Eve were formed and made and so forth, God had a region of blessing for them. And the devil came along and he tricked them to get out of the realm of blessing. Someone say, I'm blessed. But I've got to stay in the zone. Come on, say it again, but i got to stay in the zone. Thank you. Adam failed to fight for his family. He did not realize that there is a fight for the family. Even in perfect Eden, there was still a fight for the family. What was he doing? I think he was watching TV. 
And the devil was having a conversation, having a debate with him and his wife, and he was snoozing on the couch. And the only time he woke up, he woke up when she offered him some fruit. What a man. <laughs> In the middle of the years, this sounds good. Wake up and she feeds me. And that's what Adam did, and he lost it. But I want to talk to you, to, uh, I was about to say tonight, I want to talk to you today about five pillars that every man, um, if you want to be the man God intended you to be, if you want to be the father God intended you to be, there are five pillars that must be in your life. I believe you ladies will learn something today as well. Are you okay? Are you sure? If you, if you holler back better, I'll preach better. Thank you. <laughs> Holla at your boy. <laughs> Everyone say number one. A man is a protector. A man is a protector. When I was young, um, there was a number of times actually when we were in Australia when someone tried to break into our house and steal things. We didn't have that much to offer, to be honest. I don't know what they were going to steal, maybe a ham sandwich or something. But we didn't have a whole lot. It was interesting that they still wanted to steal stuff. But it was always the dad's job, wasn't it? I mean, if you are not a man if you send out your woman. <laughs> Come on. I mean, when, when my wife, when we were first used to, uh, first, I was about to say first used to be married. Okay, when we were first married, um, she would get scared every once in a while at night. And do you know what she would do? Do you know where she would go? She would hide behind the impenetrable force of a sheet. And she would raise that thing above her head and hide there and pretend that the guy was going to leave. There wasn't anyone there. And I'd say, honey, why didn't you tell me? I'd at least go out and see if anyone was there. She's like, I didn't want to say anything. So you hid behind a sheet. How could he ever bust through that impenetrable sheet? If he can't see me, he'll leave. Recently, my wife had a little scare. Um, actually, she was pregnant with Ben, and actually Craig was there at that time. We were in New York City, and my wife calls me up. And she's like, honey... Somebody has stolen our front porch furniture. I'm like, really? Like of all things, you'd steal our front porch furniture. She's like, you gotta get home. Like, I mean, I mean, I'm literally, I was at the US Open or something with my brother and, and it was taking a long time for us to get back. And I came on back and our front porch furniture was on our front grass. <laughs> Someone on the worship team... <laughs> had tricked my wife and pretended to steal our furniture and moved it from the front porch to the grass. It was actually pre-Magno dates. My wife got on the phone and didn't have very nice things to say to that person. She's like, I'm pregnant! Someone say protector. Psalm 23 verse 4 says, I will fear no evil because you are with me. Your rod and your staff, 
They comfort me. Do you realize that Exodus 15 verse 3, the Bible says the Lord is a warrior. The Lord is his name. It is innate in mankind that you want to protect. Have you ever heard something happen to somebody and all of a sudden you realize there was something in you like, man, I want to get involved. That is actually an attribute of God. When men want to protect something, that is a God-given thing. Don't think that everything about your life is not godly. Understand that protective nature of man actually is a God-like nature. How many, how many parents in the house? Just put up your hands real quick. Okay, if you are a parent in the house, how many want to see um, something of yourself in your son or daughter? You, right, you look for it. You're like, oh, I wonder, I wonder who they're going to look like. Is it going to be me or you? Then you have a little baby and you can't tell especially at first. And, and you just look like a baby. And then someone says, oh my gosh, it looks exactly like you. I mean, do I look like a chubby baby? Bold old person? <laughs> That's really what a baby looks like when they come out. They're like, oh my gosh, it's identical to you. And you're like, what? What do you see that I don't see? I'm, I'm seeing rolls and the Michelin man. I'm seeing chubbiness everywhere. And you think it looks exactly like me. Thank you. You can leave my house, you weirdo. <laughs> Some say protective. Someone say provider. Proverbs 22 verse 29 says, Do you see a man diligent in his business? He'll serve before kings. He'll not serve before obscure men. Do you know that the attribute of provision to provide for your family is a manly, God-like characteristic that God wants you to have? Actually, in Scripture, laziness is literally called foolish. In the scriptures, in the scriptures, they would tell the church, listen, if a person is lazy, don't even feed them. And, and the compassionate side is like, hold on, hold on. We've got to give these people food and give these people food. It was interesting years um, when at last time I was in Madagascar, we were talking um, with Yesi Potam and Monica, and they'd been overseas so many times and so forth. And the first time you go to a third world country, I mean, you just want to give away stuff. There's little kids in the street, and all you're doing is you're throwing money at them and oranges at them and your shoes at them. And here, take my jacket and my stuff and all this kind of stuff. And they said, often the worst thing you can do for someone is just give them stuff. Why? Because it just breeds a lazy spirit. And a lazy spirit is one of the worst attributes. It is not a godly spirit. Are you with me? Someone say, a man is a provider. Let's take it a little further. A man should actually teach his children how to provide. I find it strange that in our high school classes and college classes, there is almost no courses on budgeting. You have to, you have to choose one of those. It's like a farming community never teaching someone how to farm. How many know that we know how to earn money, we just don't know how to save money, right? And so, so often you tell people all the time, hey, do you save money? Do you budget? No. People are 50 years old and they've never had a budget. Come on. And actually, do you realize that maybe that may be a failure of fathers? Someone say protector. Someone say provider. Number three, this is critical for you growing to be the man that God has called you to be. In the Old Testament, the priest of the house was the man. What does a priest do? A priest brings thanksgiving and praise to God. If you want a happy life, thank God and praise God. 
If you're in here and you hate your life, start thanking God and you'll start to get a happy life. Come on, that's better preaching than you're showing. But I tell you, that'll set someone free. I promise you. Really. Um, you know what? Let's designate one day per year where we're thankful. <laughs> and wonder why we're selfish. All right. The priest of the home was to bring thanksgiving and praise. But the other thing the priest does, he stands before God and he intercedes for people. He brings the people on his heart. He brings his family. He brings his world. He brings his church. He brings his business. And he brings those to God. And he is the intercessor. He is the one that stands in the gap between God and man. How many know that sometimes some people, they're not praying. They're away from God. But if you'll be the priest of your home, you'll be the intercessor in between God and them. That is the role of a man. Listen, if you come to our church, I pray for you. I pray for you a lot. That's a reality. But let me sh say this. No one will pray for you like your family. No one will pray for your family. No one will pray for your wayward son or wayward daughter. No one will pray for your wife like you will. And so you've got to take on that responsibility of manhood that you are a priest. And the biggest thing the devil wants or distracts you from, men, is prayer. He's not afraid of you coming to church many times. But if, you can, if he can keep you from prayer, he knows that you are not operating as the priest of your home. Men ought always to pray and not to faint. Now listen, many times men kind of disconnect. Oh, my wife, she knows how to pray way better. She just knows how to talk more. Women say about 15,000 words per day. Men say about five to 8,000 words per day. Sometimes they're just better talkers. When you hear a woman pray, like, wow, she knows how to pray. When you hear a man, you're not sure. He's like, Lord, by Friday, I need $299. Amen. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> But can I say this? If you're going to be a follower of Jesus, he said to his disciples, could you not keep and wait and pray for one hour? That means you can increase your prayer life. Come on, someone say increase it. Come on, say increase it. And you just bring the people in your world and the people in your business and the people in your community and your neighbors and you bring the people in your church, you bring them to God and you pray for them. Someone say Amen. 1 Peter 2.9 says, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood. Someone say royal. royal. Someone say priesthood. priesthood. It says a holy nation, God's special possession that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Someone say, I'm a protector. I'm a provider. I'm a priest. Someone say, I'm a prophet. The fourth attribute of manhood was actually to be a prophet. Again, the prophet of the home was the man. Now understand this. You might be like, I, I, I don't know how to say, thus saith the Lord. Do you know how to get a Bible, get something out of the Bible, and share it with someone and encourage someone? Do you know how to get the Bible and, and just encourage someone with an encouraging word? A, pro, a priest stands before God for People, a prophet stands before people for God. A priest stands before God and intercedes for people. A prophet stands between God and people and says, this is what God says. 
Ephesians chapter 6 and Deuteronomy chapter 6. Let's show Deuteronomy chapter 6 on the screen. This was the role of um, men in the home. It says this, And you must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands that I am giving you today. Repeat them again and again to your children. Someone say again and again. Haven't you noticed you can't teach your children one time and they just go out there and do it? you got to do it again and again. Now, it did not say beat your children. With the Bible, I mean. If you want to discipline the way you do, just whatever. <laughs> Talk about them when you're at home and when you're on the road and when you're going to bed and when you're getting up. The prophet has to first put the Word of God in him so that it can flow out of him. Are you with me? That's one of the reasons I love the app on the, the blue book because it makes it applicable and easy for so many people to learn to study God's Word topically by themselves and then learn to, to help someone else. Some will say, I can help someone else. But I want you to go to Genesis chapter 27. Genesis 27 is an amazing passage of Scripture, and I want you to see the power, not just of sharing the Bible, but I want you to see the power of speaking a prophetic blessing over your children. If you're a man in here, you've got to catch this. You are to speak blessings with your mouth over your children. Someone say amen. Come on, say amen. You are to speak blessings over your children. One of the things my, you know, I certainly don't have a, a perfect father. He's actually in a very bad way, but I will say the one thing he was actually great at was speaking positive things into me and my brother. He would say, you're a champion. You're a champion. And guess what? When your dad says that to you over time, you start to believe it. He would call me MD, managing director. Now you're like, oh, but you're a pastor. Well, in the eyes of the government, I'm actually the president of the organization called Church Alive. Are you with me? Now watch this now. Now let's go to uh, Genesis chapter 27. Then his father Isaac said to him, come here, my son, and kiss me. Someone say it's an Italian family. <laughs> so he went and he kissed him. It was an affectionate home. Or maybe it was Puerto Rican like Johnny Santiago. I don't know. <laughs> they believed in like nine second hugs, I believe. About nine seconds. Just hold until it's awkward. All right. <laughs> Some of the men in this church know how to do that well. When Isaac caught the smell of his clothes, he blessed him. Someone say he blessed him. And he said, ah, the smell of my son is, is like the smell of a field that the Lord has blessed. And may God give you heaven's dew. Now he begins to speak a blessing over his son that was to do with his whole destiny. He says, may God give you heaven's dew and earth's richness and abundance of grain and new wine. He wanted good things for his son. May nations serve you. And peoples bowed down to you. Be Lord over your brothers. He actually liked his, 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 his son more than the other one. Bad parenting moment. But anyway, let's keep moving. And may the sons of your mother bow down to you. May those who curse you be cursed. And those who bless you be blessed. After Isaac finished blessing him and Jacob had scarcely left his father's presence, his brother Esau came in from hunting. 
He too prepared some tasty food and brought it to his father. Then he said to him, my father, please sit up and eat some of my game so that you may give me your blessing. And his father Isaac asked him, who's about to die and go to be with the Lord. He says, who are you? I am your son. He answered, your firstborn son, Esau. Jacob had just tricked him. And Isaac trembled violently and said, who was it then that hunted game and brought it to me? I ate it. Just before you came, and I blessed him. Someone say, I blessed him. Come on, say it loud. I blessed him. Now watch this and say this with me. And indeed, he will be blessed. Say that again. And indeed, he will be blessed. One more time. And indeed, he will be blessed. This man who was a prophet of his own home understood that as he began to speak the word over his son, God was actually anointing it and he was prophesying his future, that future become the nation of Israel. And he says, and indeed, this man will be blessed. Do you understand the power that a father has to bring blessings to his home? If you'll be a priest of your home and stand before God and people, God will anoint you to be a prophet of your home and speak life into your children. Come on, somebody. Come on, Emily. Why don't you come to and play some Jesus music for me, please? Amen. Let's take a moment just real quick. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 4. I want you to see this scripture. I'm running out of time, but let's get into it. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger by the way you treat them. Rather, bring them up with the discipline and instruction. Someone say instruction. Someone say that means I need to know what I'm talking about. Someone say I need to know my Bible. They are to instruct them or teach them. It was the father's job to be the prophet of the home, to bring a Bible study perhaps occasionally. Well, that would mean another thing. You would actually have to study it from time to time. I'm not just smoking drugs when I tell you that I want you to spend time with God on a regular basis in your home by yourself. And sometimes this can be by yourself. Sometimes, man, sometimes it can just be with your wife. Sometimes it can be with your whole family and you do it together. Man, a song of praise and worship, maybe a, um, a, a little bit of... Um, a Bible and just make it understandable. And listen, and, and I think most people actually feel like failures in this department because recently my son came up to me. He's like, Daddy, uh, how come Jesus is God? And I was like, that's a good question, son. <laughs> like I didn't really know how to answer him in six-year-old talk. And so I was just like, well, he just is, son. Total failure. <laughs> Absolute total failure. Here's what you'll actually find out. Some kids will have deeper theological questions than 50-year-olds. And actually, maybe one of the good things is that they do have those questions because they'll actually maybe mean, man, I need to go check something out for myself because how am I going to answer him if I don't know? Someone say protector. Someone say provider. Someone say prophet. Someone say priest. Lastly today, the number five is this. You will be a picture of manhood, do you know that a father, if he's growing in God, listen, the best way to be a great father is to be a great son. The best way to be a great father is to be a great son of the King of kings and the Lord of lords. For he is the ultimate father. 
The best way, man, to be a great father is to be a great follower of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Because if I'm allowing God to shape me and if I'm allowing God to, to, to really mold my whole entire life, God is going to shape some things and break some things and bust some things off my life. And over time, I have never met a man who is a great prophet and priest and provider and, and a, a model to follow that is a bad father. You will bring about blessings wherever you go. I'm trying. <laughs> you know, one of the great pictures of a man in the Bible is a guy by the name of David. David was the giant slayer. David became king. David was amazing. David was the kind of guy you wanted to follow. But also at the end of his life or at a stage of his life, he was an absolute failure as a father, as a, as a king, as a man, as a soldier. He blew it. Again, I want to say to every man in here, don't allow the past to define you. Your past has no future unless you allow it to have a future. And we want to do something in a moment that is just, I believe, is powerful to renew the minds of men, to, con, uh, to challenge the hearts of men. I want um, all the men in a moment just to stand to, our, to their feet. And we're going to say some things that are powerful pictures of basically prophesying your future um, because here's a powerful thing. There's a powerful thing in hearing the Word of God yourself. But I'd actually say the most powerful thing you can do is speak the Word of God yourself. The Bible says, how can two walk together unless they are agreed? And if you're going to walk with God, you've got to agree with what God says. And do you know that the Bible actually says that the tongue is the rudder of life? And if you change the rudder, you'll actually change your life. Ephesians 5 verse 1 says, be imitators of God. That is a ridiculous scripture in many ways. Unless you empty yourself, surrender your life, and say, Holy Spirit, would you fill me so I can be the man I'm meant to be? Genesis 1, he says, I want kids in my image. Ephesians 5, he says, I want you to be in my image. The plan of God has not changed. The greatest blessing you could ever do for your family isn't to be rich. The greatest blessing you could ever be for your sons and your daughters and your wife is actually to be the picture of the man you are meant to be. The greatest blessing you could ever be is to continue to become day by day and bit by bit. And man, it is a journey and it is a process. And none of us will get it right all the time. But if we'll keep on going and allow God to change us and shape us, man, our generations will be blessed. Do you want to be the type of father that your son looks at you and says, I want to be like my dad? Or do you want to be the type of father who looks at you and says, man, I have to change so many things. I want all the men to stand to your feet for a moment.
my daughter, who's four years old, gave me this poem this weekend. It says, walk a little slower, Daddy, said a little child so small. I'm following in your footsteps, and I don't want to fall. Sometimes your steps are very fast. Sometimes they're hard to see. So walk a little slower, Daddy, for you are leading me. Someday when I'm all grown up and you're what I want to be, then I'll have a little child who will want to follow me. And I would want to lead just right and know that I was true. So walk a little slower, Daddy, for I must follow you. I don't know what success looks like for you, but I believe success looks like for me. If I get to the end of my life and my wife still loves me and my kid thinks I'm great. I don't know how much money I have. I don't know all kinds of things, but I do know this. If my wife still loves me and my kids go, man, you are an amazing father. Here's what I absolutely know. I would have done a pretty good job. Let me remind you of these five things, and I want you to, from your heart and from the confession of your mouth, really declare these things over your life. I believe the five pillars to be a great dad, to be a, a, a man of God, is this. Number one, it is to be a protector. It is to be a provider. It is to be a priest. No one should pray for your family more than you. You should be a prophet. You should know that word, speak that word, and it should just flow out of you. And God will anoint you to speak a word in due season to people in their life. And prophecy many times will take what the devils use for bad and drugs and so forth and all kinds of different things. And it'll literally demolish some things and it'll give people new pictures of the life they can live. And if I believe we'll do this, I believe we'll be a picture of manhood for someone else to follow. Say with me, I am a protector. Come on, say it again. I am a protector. I am a provider. I am the priest of my home. I am a prophet with a word in due season to encourage the weary and help the weak. I am. I will be. I will allow God to shape me, to make me, to mold me, to be the man I am meant to be. In doing that, I will become a picture of a godly man, of a godly father, and my son can follow me, and my daughters can respect me, and my wife will love me, and I will live a blessed life. I will be an instrument of blessing wherever I go. I will be an instrument in the hand of God. Let's say that one more time. I will be an instrument in the hand of God. Come on, one more time. I will be an instrument in the hand of God. In Jesus' name. Come on, can we give the Lord a hand clap? Come on, can you shout like you believe it? Can you shout like you mean it?
Listen, I know there were many of you who grew up with dads and they weren't that great. The reality is you can take the good things they did and you can model them. But you can take sometimes the hurtful things, the painful things, the dysfunctional things. Maybe they just weren't there for you. And my biggest encouragement on this is you must release them. Release them and let them go. If you don't release them, you'll retain what you despise. If you don't release that thing, that hurt, and you might have to go up to your dad and literally, my life changed, I promise you, when I heard a message about forgiveness and um, this Jewish guy from America actually was preaching to me on my TV in Australia and I heard his message about forgiveness and the fact that you actually need to go up to a person and say, by the way, I forgive you. And I, and I felt like the Holy Spirit just convicted my heart. You need to go up to your dad and tell him you forgive him and I didn't want to do it. It made me feel completely awkward. Walked up to my dad and just said, hey, dad, can I talk to you for a second? And my dad, to be honest, didn't treat my, my mother real well. He's, he's an alcoholic and so forth. Um, he was a good dad in a lot of ways. But man, what a, what, it's an amazing thing what addiction does. And, um, but I, I said to my dad, I said, dad, I just want to let you know. I know you haven't done anything perfect, but I just feel like in my heart, I need to forgive you. And he simply said, well, thanks, son. I appreciate that and so forth. And I don't think you know the power of what you do until you do it. You can hear a sermon and go, amen, and that sounds good. But when you apply the word, you get set free. When you apply the word, you get set free. And some of you just need to forgive someone, forgive a, a brother figure, a father figure, release them and let them go. Listen, if your dad cheated on your wife, your mother when you were young and you despise it, don't despise him because you're going to have to release it. Otherwise, you'll repeat it. If your father beat your mother when you were young, don't despise him, release him, let him go because you'll actually repeat it if you don't let that thing go. I want to pray for some of you right now in the area of protection, provision, the priesthood, the prophet, and becoming in the hand of God an instrument and a picture of manhood. And I just want to pray that some of you of you perhaps have never been blessed by your father. And listen, I don't have power of my own, but in the power and in the name of Jesus and as the pastor of this house, I believe there's authority and there's power and there's blessing on words. And I want to speak a blessing over some of you men. And maybe you're just struggling in the area of finance. I just want to pray for you. Maybe you can't pray. You never pray. Man, it seems like there's defeat in that area. I want to pray for you. You. I want to pray for you that you know how to learn the Word of God and be a prophet and bring a word in due season into whatever sphere you're in. And I just begin to believe that if we'll put our hand and we'll put our lives in the hand of God, He will make us an instrument of blessing. Just an attitude of faith right now. Close your eyes, man. If you're willing, lift your hands. It's a sign of surrender. When you lift your hands. It's a sign of saying, Dad, I need you. It's a sign of saying, Dad, I can't do this on my own. I cannot be the man you've called me to be without you. But it is an antenna that attracts the very presence of the Holy Spirit. Father God, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I know that the blessing of Abraham is already upon your people.
But right now, in the name of Jesus, I speak a blessing over every man here. I speak over men that would struggle in the era where their father never approved them, never accepted them, said all kinds of harsh things to them. Father, I speak your word right now in the name of Jesus. And I speak blessings into that mind and heart and soul. And I speak, God, that they can be all they're called to be in Christ Jesus. And I pray over the protection of every man here that they'd be able to protect their home physically but from the worries of life I pray God over the area of provision that each man would find his gift and his talent and would work hard that he would see the blessing of God upon his business and the very thing that he does God I pray that you would break the the the, the power even of poverty over one in Jesus name and that he would be blessed in what he does give men focus and diligence and understanding in the, in in the realm that you want them to God, in the area of prophecy, Father, they are a hunger for your word and know your word. And I pray, oh God, that there would be men in our church who so know how to give an encouraging word in due season to every man, to every woman there around. In Jesus' name, I pray, Lord God, that you'd raise up a bunch of priests that know how to pray, that know how to bring heaven to earth in Jesus' name. Anoint the power, by the power of the Spirit of God, anoint these men, Lord, to pray and bring heaven to earth, to release the very things and the gifts of the Spirit. Lord, those who are stuck in religion when it comes to prayer, get them in a relationship, God, in Jesus' name. Lord, in Jesus' name. And now I pray over them that each one, including my life, that we could continue to become and grow the picture of manhood you want us to be in the name of Jesus. I pray you'd take these men and anoint them now, including my life, Lord. Anoint us by the power of the Holy Spirit to receive from heaven the pictures and the things and the, the shaping that you must do. And I pray that each man would build in his life the pillars that you want to build in him. I speak a blessing over them in Jesus' name. And if you receive it, give the Lord a hand clap. Come on. Come on, ladies. Give the Lord a hand. Thank you, Lord. Would you take your seat for a moment? Would you bow your head in prayer? Actually, stand to your feet, man. One more thing. I know it feels like you're in a Catholic service right now. <laughs> just felt I missed something maybe in God. Can you kind of just look at a bunch of men for a second? We just look around the room real quick. Just turn around. Just glance at them. Can I tell you this? As iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. The greatest danger of men is that we retreat to our caves and in your caves is always dysfunction. You need another man to help you out of your cave, out of your dysfunction. You cannot do it by yourself with a Bible and prayer. You actually must have another man, a prophet, who would come alongside you and help you. You are the body of Christ. And so if you're a disconnected man, the devil can chomp you like you don't know. Let me tell you, lions prey on the weak, the young, and the injured. And I don't know of a man in a room that doesn't have some kind of man injury in a place. So can I tell you this? You need to be in a connect group. 
You need to be around two or three, five other people. Could be men and women's group, doesn't matter. You need to be around other men. You cannot do this fight on your own. You're kidding yourself. You're going against scripture if you do. And, and you're saying, I don't believe the Bible. There are 33 commands in scripture called about one another that you cannot fulfill if you're not a part of a group of men. Get out of your cave and it'll get out of your dysfunction. If you believe it, say amen. Take a seat. Heads bowed, eyes closed. If you're here in this house right here, right now, and you've never met God, you don't call him dad. I want to tell you he loves you more than you'll ever know. Man, the King of kings and the Lord of lords died upon a cross for you. When you didn't like him, when you didn't like God, when you wanted to do your own thing, the King of kings and the Lord of lords stepped out of heaven, lived a perfect life, the life you and I could not live. But he died a sacrificial death. And his blood sheds on the cross of Calvary. And his blood forgives your sin and my sin. I've never met a perfect man. Listen, guess who gets into heaven? Perfect people or forgiven people. I've never met a perfect person. The Bible says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. But the Bible says, but God demonstrates his love to you in this, while you were still a sinner. Lots of men don't believe God loves them. Lots of men, he, he doesn't understand. No, 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 my friend, he loves you. But he loves you too much to keep you the way you are. He wants your heart. He wants your life. He wants you to be the man you are called to be, the man you dreamed of when you were young. Man, I want to be a great man. I want to be a great dad. Let me tell you, the King of kings and Lord of lords redeems you and actually starts to shape you on the inside so you can be a great man, a great woman. Right here, right now, heads bowed, eyes closed. If you've never said yes to Jesus or you need to run back to him, right here, right now on the count of three. Raise your hand. Raise it up real high. One, God loves you. He's got a plan for your life. Two, there's nothing you've done that he won't forgive. Right here, right now on the count of three, raise your hand. Raise it up real high all across the place. So I'm running back to God or I'm accepting Jesus for the very first time. There's others that need to raise their hand, but thank you, thank you, and thank you for those three there. That's awesome. Anyone else? Real quick, say yes to Jesus. I'm not going to embarrass you. I am going to pray with you and for you. All across this place. Thanks, big guy. That's awesome. Anyone else? Real quick. Four hands have gone up. Am I waiting for just one more? Thank you, sweetheart, in the middle there. That's awesome. Five. Anyone else? Real quick. I think I'm waiting on maybe one. Respond to God. He'll respond to you. Draw near to God. He'll draw near to you. By faith and grace, make a step of faith and say yes to Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Heads bowed, eyes closed. Can we all pray this as a family of Christians right now? Thank you, Jesus. You died on the cross for me so I could be a child of God. Thank you. By faith, I turn to you. I trust in you. I put my hope in your name. I put my hope in who you are. I put my hope in the cross. Thank you for forgiving me. I call you dad right now. Change my heart. Father, I pray for those people who raise their hands right now. Would you seal that decision?
in the name of Jesus, would you bless them and allow your spirit even to come upon them right now? And come on, can we give them a huge hand as, as we rejoice with those? Hey guys, Pastor Anthony here. Hope so much that this message just impacted your life in an amazing way. If it did, feel free to share it on one of the social media outlets. And if it really impacted you, feel free to also email us at connect at churchalive.tv. Stay connected online and on our website. We'd love to have you in either Clifton or Rutherford. See you soon.